Live. Live. Live from to New York. This is the Just End the Suffering Podcast. For the win. Got it! Oh! He broke his ankle. Follow me. Follow me with freedom. Here's your host, Mike Phillips. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Just End the Suffering Podcast, which is New York Sports Talk and Long Suffering Fam. Your host, Mike Phillips. i got a good show for you this week. The All-Star break is here. The All-Star game tonight on date of podcast dropping in your feeds. A lot of fun here. We're going to be joined by half the baseball, the Andy Sarvalini, back with us for the first time in a while. We're going to catch up on some of the big storylines at the All-Star break for the Mets, the Yankees, the playoff picture, trade deadline, talk about all that stuff in just a bit. Make sure you lock in the end of the show for 6 2 minute drill. I'm going to talk about these Donovan Mitchell rumors for the Knicks. And I think there's definitely a lot of momentum building here. I think it'd be a smart move for the Knicks under the right circumstances. I'll lay those out at the end of the show. We're on good stuff like this podcast. And you like what you hear on the Justin Suffering podcast. Feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects. Simply search for Just End the Suffering or Favorite Podcast platform and final episodes there. Feel free to your feedback and star rings as well. Help make the podcast even better going forward. Go check out the YouTube page again, Mike Phillips on YouTube for the video version of this conversation with Anthony's gonna be out on the YouTube channel. Again, Mike Phillips on YouTube. Without any further ado, let's get to our opening tip. Give you a little bit on the locals where they find themselves the all-star break, and they're both in pretty good spots. That's coming up right after this. Three, two, one. Y'all ready for this? The opening tip. Here we go. All right, opening tip time, talking some New York baseball here. And we'll start with the Yankees here. And congratulations, the American League East is over. The New York Yankees have not officially won the division yet. They're probably doing that at some point early September. If you look at the standings here. The Yankees are sitting here at 64 and 28 the break. They're up 13 games on the Tampa Bay Rays. They're up 14 and a half on the Toronto Blue Jays, 16 and a half on the Boston Red Sox. That's the kind of lead you're not blowing over the last 70 games. The Yankees did have a bit of a stumble last week. They had some struggles against the Reds. They lost a couple of the Red Sox in Boston. But you know what? They came out, they put up 12 runs, 13 runs the last two games and said, hey, don't worry about us. We are going to be just fine. And right now, the interesting thing here at the Yankees, division is over. Right now, the schedule is going to be much harder second half. So the 1998 pace they're on, they're on pace to win about 114, 115 games. They may not sustain that. They have only 13 games left right now against teams that are not in a playoff race out of the 70 games on their schedule. So, I mean, if you're hoping for them to the shadow of 98 Yankee record, I don't think that's happening. This team's still going to win about 108, 109 games, most likely, get in the playoffs very easily. The more immediate concern, though, is the Houston Astros, who are closing in on the Yankees right now for the best record in the American League. They have owned the Yankees historically. They have beaten up on the Yankees this season, as a matter of fact. So something to keep in mind here, because the Astros are three back in the lost column for the Yankees. They had that big doubleheader on Thursday in Houston. since their last regular season meetings with the Astros. And if they... I'm checking the season series right now between the two teams just to verify my math here because they played the four in New York. So they split those. They beat them in Houston here. So if they win one of the two games, they secure the season series. That means they tie the Yankees record-wise. They will have home field 
in a potential American League Championship Series. That's worth watching here. Another thing here to watch the Yankees. I mean, the Astros is the only real like record concern. It's quite crazy you're a Yankee fan because all your interesting games is going to be done by like, the first week of the second half because you'll have those two Astro games, you'll have the two Met games next week. After that, not really much is going to get you excited about that until the Mets show back up here at at uh, Yankee Stadium in August. But there are scenarios they can upgrade the trade deadline. They'll definitely be shopping here. The outfield is definitely one concern. They need to stop playing Joey Gallo every day. I know we had the, uh, the meaningless home run yes on Sunday against the uh, Red Sox, but they need to get an upgrade there. They need a true center fielder because you cannot be playing Aaron Judge every day without the risk of him wearing down. He's a big, big dude. And he's had a huge year. He's slowed down a bit lately. And you can know that playing center field at a big league level will take a toll on you. It will wear on those legs. And for a guy who's injury prone like Judge has been in the past, you don't need that. You can just stick him in right field. He'll be fine. Get a center fielder. That would be goal number one. The bullpen. You always need bullpen help. And the Yankees, I know that they have gotten guys hurt. They just got Jonathan Weisinger back off the IL. Chapman's and back has not been the same. You can always fortify that bullpen. Always a good idea. And now I think you have to start thinking about, do we go for a starting pitcher? Luis Severino gets hurt right before the All-Star break. He'll be out for a little bit. Get some inning concerns on guys like Jason Tyone and Nestor Cortez because they could start wearing down. I mean, we're going deep into the season. This is a lot more than they pitched recently, so something to keep in mind here. We got a good audition in Yankee Stadium last week, Luis Castillo. We dominated that game. He would be the Yankee target, in my opinion, because I think you have the prospect firepower to do it. Go get the stud to put behind Garrett Cole in the rotation, start game two of a playoff series. That would be a hell of a lot of fun. The Mets side. The Mets post their best first half since they won the World Series in 86. They go 58-35. They are still in a pennant race because they have to deal with the Braves. If they were playing in any other division in baseball, the Mets have at least six games. With Atlanta on their heels, it's two and a half. The good news here is that this is an elite team that should have won the NL's best records at the end of the year. We saw last week they went into Atlanta without two of their four All-Stars, Jeff McNeil on the paternity list. Starling Martin didn't play because of the groin injury. They still won two out of three. This will not be a 2021 collapse situation here. The Mets are going to make the postseason. Give a new playoff format, though. It's better off that they find a way to hold off the Braves, win that division, because otherwise you are going into that Wild card round, that was the best two out of three, all at home for their case, because you're assuming that they're going to have one of the three best records in the National League, so they'll be hosting a wild card series. Even with, potentially, Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer starting the first two of those games, why risk it? Anybody can be anybody, two out of three. We saw the Reds go to Yankee Stadium win two out of three against the Yankees. Don't put yourself in that situation. Get yourself into the true DS round. That means beat the Braves. They have 12 games left, nine next month, five at City Field, four in Atlanta. Those, I think, are be key to winning the division here. They do have some big needs to the deadline here. They have to get a designated hitter. We know this. The Dominic Smith-JD Davis duo is not working. They do not have enough internal options unless you're ready to bring Francisco Alvarez up. I don't think they are. Definitely need to get a DH. The bullpen needs multiple, multiple arms. You need another setup option because we've seen a lot this first half that that bridge from the starters to Edwin Diaz is a problem. Adam Avila is the only other guy who you kind of trust out there. Drew Smith is worn down. Seth Lugo has been inconsistent. Charmaine coming back helps, but you still need a guy. You need to go get a guy like David Rogers from the Cubs. Put him in the eighth inning. That would be fantastic. 
They do need another lefty out there as well because having Joely Rodriguez, your only lefty in the bullpen, is not ideal. They have to address both those things. We'll keep an eye on the baseball stuff down the stretch here because, trust me, there's going to be a lot going on here. We'll be back next week talking more baseball with the Subway Series coming up. We'll preview that. But up next, I'm going to be joined by Ampi Sorvalini talking the more baseball big picture stuff at the trade deadline right after this. <laughs> It's time for the baseball beat. With Will Schneider and Andy Sorvalini. Play ball! All right, we are back here on the baseball beat, talking baseball at the All-Star break. Will Schneider cannot join us today. Also with me, though, for the first time this season, uh, scheduling time has gotten away before. Anthony Sorvalini is back. Anthony, how are you? I'm good, Mike. Thanks for having me on. How are you? Doing pretty good. I gotta say, it's a lot better talking baseball now than it was the last time we did. Because the last time, I think we we're talking right before the Yankee playoffs, they get eliminated. Now, you know, the two New York teams are among the best in the league. Yeah, it was. It's kind of. I mean, I will say it as a Yankee fan, it kind of wasn't expected. You know, I wasn't expecting. You know, last year and everything like that, and then just coming out this year to be arguably the best team in baseball. It's a. It's a nice little thing. Good to have the Yankees back on top. Yeah, Yankees don't have the best record in the league. I'll talk about the top of the show here. I want to talk a little bit. Any big storylines that you caught your attention over the course of the season besides the two New York teams just being dominant? The biggest thing that just always is the Cardinals. They just have so much talent, and they just have so many guys that it still feels like they're trying to fight for the division, that they might, you know, could lose the division. That's my biggest thing, but also just – the multitude of just young, talented guys that is in Major League Baseball now. I mean, you saw it yesterday with the with the with the home run derby and everything, and just the amount of guys who are getting so good so quickly. Yeah, is, just, is insane. It's it's great for the game of baseball. Yeah, I feel like I've noticed that too. Is that a lot, especially the new CBA? Some teams have been, been quicker to bring up some of their young guys. I mean, Bobby Witt's been up for the whole season. He's a, a lot of fun to watch. So Julio Rodriguez, the Derby. O'Neill Cruz yeah. who likes making highlight plays, the Pirates, like almost every night. So definitely a fun to see all this young talent coming in the game. Yeah, I mean, I could speak to that, you know, directly, you know, from working with the Renegades and everything. Oh, in the, the, the Yankees trade for Joey Gallo last year, the Yankees traded away two of their, you know, their upper echelon prospects. And, uh, you know, and they're uh, they're up with Texas. They're up with the Rangers right now. You know, they're on their the active roster and everything. And they're, they're out there and they're doing it. So it's just to see them going out and doing everything, you know, like we alluded to just how they're coming up so quick and just, they're just getting the valuable playing time. Cause you can't, you can't mimic major league pitching as you can in the minors. Oh no. You need, you need that experience. See these guys get that opportunity is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk, let's start with the Mets here because the Mets right now, they are in first place in the National League East. They're 58 and 35 best first half they've had since 1986. It's a much different team. We saw last year that got off to the, First place lead in the first 100 days, collapsed, never saw the lead again. This team, I feel like, is built so much differently. A lot more veteran presence, a lot of experience. I feel like they're in a good spot here. What do you think about the Mets? Yeah, I, I do think they're in a good spot. You know, <clears throat> again, I know I've alluded to it before in, in past shows and everything, but yes, I am a Yankee homer, but I do want to see the Mets do well. And I just, it's good for baseball. It's good for everything. I like seeing, you know, teams come up and everything like that. But also just what the Mets have been able to do, they just, they're just, where it's different there. I don't think they're going to have, you know, 
that collapse that Mets teams typically do right around this time to where, you know, they come out hot, they, you know, they play amazing in June, amazing in July. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, they're not going to make the playoffs. I think this team has, you know, like you said, the veteran leadership, the leadership and enough young guys to where they can go in day in and day out. And they're going to be, you know, make a deep playoff run. Yeah, I agree with that. We saw that like last week when they went to Atlanta, won two out of three, cool off the Red Hot Braves, out two of their four All-Stars. I feel like the whole division here is going to be the most exciting race in the second half is the Mets and the Braves here. And it's like both are going to get in. One's going to division. One's going to be the one at the top, be the top wild card and up hosting a best of three round here. Who do you think do you like to win the division right now? <sighs> right now, I do want to say the Mets, but I don't, I also don't want to count the Braves out. But if I had a bet and I had to put money on it, I will say the Mets will win the, the NL East. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you. Because I feel like you know that like getting that two out of three is a nice comments booster. You know they could go at the deadline because they have a lot of needs, specifically DH in the bullpen. I feel like they could go address those needs. And Atlanta, I don't know how deep they can go into the farm season this year to get like extra pieces. Considering they threw a lot of stuff before out of this year. It worked. It won a World Series. But I don't know. They really have a lot of stuff in hand. They don't have as many clear needs as the Mets do. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with the Braves in the world, I mean, I, I'll admit I'm kind of surprised that the Braves are, I expected them to dip down a little bit, you know, you know, granted they really only the biggest loss that they had other than the key pieces that they could add more at the deadline, you know, losing Freddie Freeman to free agency. I thought that was going to be a bit more of a, of a damper for them in coming into this season than it has been. But, you know, credit to that organization, credit to that coaching staff, you know, they're right up there. Yeah, absolutely are. And Speaking of the Yankees here, I mean, not much that you can really say at the first half. I mean, when you're on pace to basically go toe for toe with the 98 Yankees in terms of wins, that's yeah. impressive. They're 64 and 28. They have basically put the ALEs to bed about like probably clinching early September, be my guess, to keep up this pace here. As somebody who has followed the Yankees more close than I have, what do you know about this team? It's made it much different than the last couple. Uh, this team is scary. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll give it that. This team is scary, but. Um, and I will say one thing is the emergence of Judge. I will say, yes, Judge was a perennial MVP player. You know, he had some spurts, you know, some injuries and stuff like that to it. But what he's doing this year and to be, you know, a top top two pick for MVP. And what he's doing this year is where he hasn't done in years past is Judge's getting key hits in key moments. You know, the, the clutch gene, so to speak to where I've noticed he hasn't had in years past, to where he's now starting to, you know, maybe not be so tense and, you know, those bottom of the ninth, bottom of the eighth, you know, extra inning moments to where he's hitting the walk-offs or, you know, getting base, you know, or not striking out. He's very – he's a lot more disciplined. He's not chasing as much. Yeah, I definitely noticed that. I was like the, the pitching is such a big deal for them. I know that, like, obviously we've seen a little bit of a dip of lately because James Tyone's had some struggles. Right. At least Severino hit the injury list, but I mean, they're getting like top notch pitching every night. Clay Holmes has been dominating out of the bullpen. I mean, this is a pitching first game. It's nothing we've seen in years. No, and you definitely alluded to it. It's something we haven't seen in years. It's almost like the reverse bullpen that they've had since, you know, past 10 ish or so years where they've always been known to have a dominant bullpen to where it's almost switched now to where they have a dominant rotation. You know, you're going to get out everything of Cole. Um, and then just the other guys. You know, Severino, yes, he's a little banged up, but from what we're hearing right now, it doesn't sound like it's anything too serious, and they probably also just shut him down uh, when they did since they were heading into the All-Star break, so just to give them that extended amount of time. So 
it, it's going to be interesting to watch again. I'm, I feel like I always echo this point right around this time of year as I would always like to see an extra arm and I'm still going to say that no matter what. Yeah, I would say that for sure. This, this thing with the Yankees here is that I feel like they have done so well, like in getting out ahead of this. I feel like there's not really a lot you're waiting for for the Yankees that you're excited about. And the, I mean, yes, you get the Astros double header right out of the break. You had the Mets series, I think the, about the week afterwards. But apart from that, I mean, like you're kind of just on cruise control until October with how, what the division is. I mean, is there really anything else you're looking for from the Yankees? Not just staying healthy. No, I, you, you, you touched on it. It's just staying healthy. You know, it's yes. You know, you still want to see, go out and see, you know, see good ball and everything like that. But the main thing is get to September, get to October with everybody healthy. Yeah. I do think one of the keys that in my opinion, I think they have to find somebody who can play center field regular base. I feel like you're playing with five. You're playing Aaron judge out there like four times yeah. a week because it's not easy for a big dude to be playing out there. We saw him get deal with some like lower body soreness at the end of the first half. Much better for him. He's just playing a corner. If somebody can play center field, hit a little lower in the order. I think that would be the, the one fear you have is if you're playing Aaron Judge center field every day, he just yeah. like wears himself out. Yeah. I mean, like you said, he's a big six, seven, six, eight guy, you know, you don't want to see him diving out in center field all the time, but like if they just, as long as they stay healthy and they can get Hicks back and he can stay healthy, I think they'll be in good shape. Yeah. It kind of reminds me what happens. I think back in 2016, the Mets were trying, he went to the center field because they really didn't have anybody else there. And then, where it started out well, and then he started getting hurt over and over and over again. They had to move him out of that spot, but the playoffs mm -hmm. came around. I think the Yankees had to do the same for Judge to avoid the risk of injuries. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right, let's talk about now some of the playoff races here. I think the intrigue, really, divisions, apart from the NL East, are pretty much in good shape. I do want to touch on the wild card picture. Let's start with the National League here. I mean, the Braves can get in. The Potters are in pretty good shape. You also have the Phillies, Cardinals, Giants are hanging in there as sort of the big three. Miami's a little further back here. Like, which of those teams, apart from Atlanta, say the other four, can you think will scare you the most? I'm going to go with San Diego. Padres are just such a good team. Such a good team. They're fun to watch. They're, they're going to be there no matter what. And, again, they have, they're like the same situation that the Cardinals are. They have too much talent not to be good. Yeah. Look at the Padres, though, I know, is that obviously, I mean, they're still waiting for Tatis to get back healthy. I mean, he's just starting his hate progression this week. I mean – that's and that's a, the scary part. That, they're already they're, they're hanging in a wild card right there, and they're still waiting on their best player to get back, and he's going to come back. Yeah. I also feel like, to your point earlier, I think the Cardinals have underachieved a little bit as well. I mean, you have an MVP candidate in Paul Goldschmidt and Noel Arenado. I feel they've not hit enough, and their pitching has been hit or miss, but, like, the talent is there. It wouldn't surprise they go on another big run and get themselves, like, safely in the wild card spot for the second half. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it, you know, especially, you know, being that Pujols is back now back on that team, you know, kind of want to set him off on his, on his golden white horse and everything like that. But, you know, like I said, it's there, they need a couple just key things, just a couple things to just click. And then I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Well, the American side, I suppose it's more fun because basically the rest of the American leagues in there, Tampa Bay is on top of the wild card race. They're a game and a half up. The Mariners on the 14 game winning streak has surged into the wild card position. So who Rodriguez did last night at the Derby, Toronto's in third, 50-43. You got Boston two back, Cleveland two and a half back, the Orioles three and a half back, and the White Sox three and a half back. This one could get wild. Yeah, I mean, hey, go go Baltimore. We, how often do we talk about the Orioles being in you know in a in in a playoff contender? But uh, I mean, it's 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 a, it's a close one. I, I think I think the Rays are gonna take it be that team to come out of the wild card. They just, they have too much experience. They're there every year. 
And if they're not contending for a wild card, they normally are at the top of the AL East. I think Seattle is just really riding a hot streak had that, that, you know, that they have headed into the, into the all-star break. I don't see that's going to be sustainable. You know, I think it's a great moment in their season. I just don't think it's going to be sustainable throughout the rest of the season. Yeah. I think the thing I, I like for Seattle is the fact that the American League East teams are going to kill each other. I and mean, you throw Baltimore in that mix too. Now Baltimore's playing 500 ball. I mean, yeah. Seattle outside of Houston has nobody at the vision that's going to be real challenge to them because Texas is okay. The angels have fallen off a cliff since the beginning of the season when they were think 10 over 500 under like 18 under you had the A's who absolutely stink. I mean, I feel like Seattle's got well spots. To me, the question is, do you get three teams in the AL East? Or somebody from the central sneak in there like Cleveland or the white Sox? I think it's going to be three teams from the East. Yeah. Cause I mean, you even see how, you know, the Red Sox came into Yankee stadium, you know, I think was they, they take, they took two out of three or they split. I can't remember. They split four at Fenway and they lost two or three at Yankee but, stadium. Okay. But you know, Boston's, you know, having a, a down year com- for their standards and going up against, you know, the juggernaut that the Yankees offense this year, they're not backing down. It's just the American league East, And we've been saying this for years is just building something in incredible with the amount of talent, the guys that are coming in and just saying it's the American league East is going to, you know, carry and represent, you know, the AL postseason quite a bit. Absolutely. And one thing I want to talk here also before we go here is these trade deadlines. A lot of storylines here. I just started the big one here, the Juan Soto bomb at the Athletics. <laughs> Ken Roosevelt dropped here that he's turned down a 14-year, $440 million contract from Washington. They're going to expect to try and shop him, like trade him for the deadline. I don't think they're going to do it, but the fact that this is hanging over baseball, I think it's just going to be fascinating in the next two weeks to see what happens to him. Oh, yeah. I remember when I, you know, I saw that alert on my phone. I said, wow. He really wants to get out of out of Washington. You know, you don't turn down a four hundred forty million dollar contract unless you really don't want to be where you are. And I can't say that I blame him. You know, they had that. You know, he won the World Series with them. I believe was this his rookie year or was his second year? It was second year. The second year. So you know, he's kind of you know, you win that title with them. You know, let's see what else is out there. Where else can I go? And he's gonna you know, if he does go into free agency and or if you know. The Nationals trade him, and he ends up staying where he is. You know, he's going to command quite a pretty penny, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at the big teams here. I mean, obviously, the Mets will be in on him, I'm sure. The Yankees will be in on him. The Dodgers will be in on him. Like, anybody who has a big farm system, the ability to take him between now here is going to be look, taking a shot here because you get a guy who's 23, you throw the chips at the table and see what you can get. Uh, without a doubt. You know, this is like a not, queerly, not nearly quite as good as Mike Trout, but this is like, you know – if a Mike Trout type thing were to become available, you, you throw everything you can at them. Yeah. The other thing I'm also curious about looking at the standings here is just seeing how this expanded playoff format impacts the playoff race, especially a team looking at was like the Red Sox where they're three or 500. They just lost Chris sale another four or six weeks of the broken finger. They have a tough schedule coming out of the break. They got a lot more games at Tampa and Toronto and the twins. And they're a team I have my eye on where I say, Hmm, if things go bad, do they consider selling here and say, you know, this is not our year. We clearly have not had enough go right on the injury front. Do we, that if they are in the seller mix, a lot of things open up. Yeah, I, I think they'll be sellers, but they're also not really a team to rebuild. You know, they're kind of like that, you know, that old macho saying, oh, we don't re- we don't rebuild, we just retool. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, they hold on to the guys because they still at their core, they're still a solid team and a solid foundation. So yeah, there's two guys in particular I'm keeping an eye on there. Number one is Rafael Devers, who is they have the long-term deal with him. Like depends on how much time glue wants to pay him. And obviously JD Martinez, is a free agent. Like 
with the universal DH, like he's a big guy. Like I could see the Mets going after he becomes available. Yeah. I, I don't think JD Davis uh, will, will be staying with the Red Sox. I think he will end up be leaving in free agency or some team like the Mets could sweep in come trade deadline. I wouldn't, I would see that as a huge possibility. Yes, I think if they get to a point where, like, they – I will tell you the Boston schedule coming out of the break here in terms of the second half. They start out here. They have – going up to the deadlines on August 2nd, they have Toronto for three. They have the Guardians for four. Milwaukee for three. That's all at home. And then they go to Houston, like, right before the deadline. That's a chance that things could go really bad for them. Oh, yeah. 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 So, you know, I think if you lose two of those series, I think they're going to be sellers. Yeah. And you look at those teams in the middle, too, like the ones like the Guardians, for example, or the National League, like the Phillies or the Giants. Those are the teams that could, could swing the deadline either way if they decide to go commit in one direction or the other. Oh, yeah. It'll be a lot of fun for sure to watch, Anthony. Thanks all the time. I really appreciate it. Before I let you go, I believe you can follow social media, keep up with some of the stuff you're up to. Uh, yeah, uh, you can check me out on, on Instagram at Sorbellini Photos. I'm just uh, just kind of enjoying my time off right now. Um working with the renegades while i'm back in new york and then i'll get ready to go back to unc and cover another great year of uh, unc athletics absolutely okay well, definitely sure you follow there anthony thanks all the time really appreciate it thank you appreciate it the two-minute drill all right two-minute drill time talk about these don mitchell rumors for the knicks and we know the jazz and busy obviously they already traded rudy gobert the Timberwolves for a haul and right now, they let it be known they are open to listening to a deal for Donovan Mitchell, the star guard who was an all who's an all star, borderline superstar. Knicks right now are talking to the Jazz about a potential trade to bring Mitchell to New York. Utah's original ask right now was Obi Toppin, Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, Miles McBride, six number one picks. The Knicks balk at this, but it does sound like from everything you're reading, everything you're hearing, that the two sides are motivated to figure this out. The good news here on this front is that the Jazz are not asking for R.J. Barrett in this trade because R.J. Barrett is due for a big contract. The Jazz are trying to basically go full tank where they're not paying a ton of guys. They want young, affordable players who are going to get better. They do not want to be paying R.J. Barrett a max contract here. This would be good because this would defeat the purpose of the trade for the Knicks. You're trading R.J. Barrett for Don Mitchell. You want to get him with Don Mitchell and newly signed Jalen Brunson. And this would be a much better team than the Knicks have had right now. There are actually defensive concerns here with a very small Jalen Brunson, Don Mitchell backcourt. But their ability offense is off the charts. The ceiling of this group would definitely raise a little bit, which would be good because you're looking at basically a starting five potentially of Brunson and Mitchell. You would have R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. This is going to be a lot of fun. And the key here with this is that you are starting this process where you can potentially attract future stars to come to New York. If we have a guy like Don Mitchell on the roster, and Mitchell wants to come to New York, grew up a Mets fan, he usually threw out the first pitch at Coney Island for the Cyclones game over the weekend. If you can land Don Mitchell with your draft picks, and this is something the Knicks have been doing very well. They've been stockpiling draft picks. They have a lot of picks. They can trade some unprotected ones. They can do some pick swaps. You can give up a couple of young guys. It's good because you will have Don Mitchell here. You'll have R.J. Barrett. You're going to flip a guy like Jalen Brunson in the future when you find another star who wants to come and says, you know what, I want to go play Don Mitchell in New York. 
I think this is definitely something we're keeping an eye on here. And I think if you're the Knicks, doing it this way without giving up R.J. Barrett makes it worth the swing because otherwise you have to get a star here to sort of start this, re- this reload here. Get Don Mitchell here. Maybe he gets his game up another level playing in New York. It'll be a lot of fun here. We'll keep an eye on this guy for sure. See what happens in the situation. It's not going to be a quick resolve deal, so I would expect we'll be waiting a little bit to find out what happens with this Don Mitchell saga. And then I want to end this week's show. I want to thank my guest, Andy Sarvalini, for copping on earlier to talk all about the baseball. A lot of fun stuff there. A lot more good stuff like this pie, including my review of Thor, Love, and Thunder. I saw the movie. Got my review on it up on the blog. Check it out over justendthesuffering.wordpress.com. So check out the Sky Guys podcast. We dropped an off-season podcast this week. We talked, we ranked the future content that's coming from Star Wars. We've got 15 projects. We rated them from most excited to least excited. That's exclusively on the Sky Guys podcast feed. You can check that out on all your favorite podcast platforms. I mentioned at the top of the show. So, again, just search for the Sky Guys podcast. You want all that fun stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at mphillips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S-331. And that's going to do it for this week's show. Coming up next week, we're going to get you ready for the Subway Series. That's Yankees, two games at City Field. Get ready for the trade deadline and more. Hope you have a better week than Nationals fans. This has been the Just End the Suffering Podcast. I'm out.